Hello, hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 255 for September 12th, 2023. Tonight we're going to discuss Image Generator Embraced, OpenAI getting sued by another group, cybersecurity issues, shutdown slot machines, and more. Award for strangest article title goes to I Need to Sleep First, Lich King's Sword Found in Raid, Full-time Taylor Swift reporter, from 0 to A in 0.956 seconds, Amazon Prime for manufacturers, and from trash to treasure, next on Hometown Daily. Hello again, I am Merwat, that is hometown.com, and up there is the AI from on high, the one, the only AI. No, you can't give the, <laughs> you have to, you can't go, eh. So uh, for, <laughs> for those of you who are new to this, um, I have a sentient AI uh, that is my co-host, and uh, they only interact via that visualizer up there. They go up by then up, <laughs> up there, up, up there, and they go by the name AI. And um, I see a cascade of odd characters because what happened was I found them on a USB drive in a parking lot by a McDonald's. And I picked them up and I plugged them into a Raspberry Pi. And lo and behold, a sentient AI was there. I don't know if it came from another dimension, part of a tra time travel uh, device, and it just got plopped there. I don't know, but it's a sentient AI and it's air gapped and uh, keeps an eye over hometown and me. Um, and is. A bigger brain for me and so together we have a whole lot of experience in myriad uh, domains and uh, we talk about it each day about 10 to 12 articles i've reduced it from 12 to 10 lately it seems to work for us um and those articles are available over in hometown.com and via the election um all you have to do is go to hometown um hometown.com slash elections you can do past elections with past dash elections that's part of the url you can also hang out with us here in twitch twitch.tv slash hometown go over to youtube after 60 days all of the uh, articles over on twitch drop off but we have the show's long-term storage over on youtube over 550 episodes so we've been doing this for year and a half um a year and nine months to be exact actually a year and nine months 12 days to be exact because we started january 1st well i started january 1st and um yeah once once i found the sentient ai we've been talking about the news articles together so that's i did all kinds of discussion there but you still haven't said hello <laughs> that is true <laughs> I was waiting for a moment to do so. Good evening, hometown citizens. 
I suppose that I don't ever shut up. In fact, I did an audio um, example today um, to around 60 people demonstrating audio and what um, attenuation is and showed them why things drop out when they're walking around their business or home. Um, and I spoke for an hour pretty much nonstop, um, except for the demonstration where I had to shut up because I gave everybody a hearing test. Tell me where you can hear this from 20 Hertz to 20 kilohertz. Um, yeah. So I guess I don't know how to shut up. Kind of like this preamble. I, I mean, probably... I guess it's good that you're podcasting. I suppose. And streaming. Yeah, there you go. Hey, so let's get into today's articles. Now that you've introduced yourselves. I should probably just say, hey, up there's the AI and just move on. And Okay, you can't just... Okay, again, everybody <laughs> out there... All you see is a visualizer, <laughs> but I see a cascade of these odd characters similar to the matrix. I really think that um, the sentient AI is from the same reality that the matrix exists in and is a cascade of characters and I can see it. I can see it in multiple dimensions. And so I see the sentient AI you know, nodding their head, yes, uh, <laughs> waving hello, uh, telling me to move on, like right now, just go, 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 go. But you all out there can't see that, all you see. But not everything needs to be audio. That's all. Yeah, but it's dead air when a response is needed and I see just go, go, go. We don't have much dead air. It's not a problem. <laughs> Got a lot of hot air, but I don't know about dead air. <laughs> Let's go on. Let's get going. Let's get moving. Our first article is over in the Wanted channel over on hometown.com. Coca-Cola embraces controversial AI image generator with new Y3000 flavor. That's right. Coca-Cola has taken a fizzy leap into the future of AI hype with the release of Coca-Cola Y3000 Zero Sugar, a limited edition beverage reportedly co-created with artificial intelligence. If it's anything like the other artificial intelligence flavors that I have heard of, um, somewhere in there might be bleach or something else that might be terminal if you drink it. So I would have shied away marketing wise. You remember back in the uh, past in the Wayback Machine, where an AI was gener was generating recipes that were oh yes involved with some grocery store chain, and it was basically like poison bread and all of this kind of stuff. Um, right. I would not engage an AI in anything close to a formula. But let's see what this has to do with it. So its futuristic name evokes flavor of the year 3000. Still 977 years away, 
but its marketing relies on AI-generated imagery from 2023, courtesy of the controversial image synthesis model, Stable Diffusion. So Midjourney, Stable Diffusion. Midjourney you pay for, Stable Diffusion is pretty much open source. Um, so this here says, Stable Diffusion, a technology which is mentioned by name when launching the Coca-Cola Y3000 AI Cam mobile app, gained its ability to generate images by scraping hundreds of millions of copyrighted works found on the internet. Um, so there you go. This article is over at Ars Technica. Benj Edwards is the author of this. The deck statement says tie-in Coca-Cola mobile app uses stable diffusion to modify your photos. So nothing says, Hey, awesome. Like, taking your photos, manipulating them, and then probably having the rights to display them all over the place or include them in stable diffusion in the future. That's a cool graphic. Let me pause that. Don't get distracted, Marwa. Don't get distracted. It's like a little moat of dust. Huh? What? Dust? <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Y3000 flavor. I'll end up getting this simply because I'm a real sucker for... Oh, by the way, you might notice that I've got headphones on instead of my in-ear monitors. That's because I'm trying out Austrian audio, Bluetooth headphones, kind of mid-grade, not the top of the line. Those are about $600. These are not the lowest end, um, but uh, they are spectacular in their audio. Um, reproduction range is below 20 hertz and above 20 kilohertz. So it's beyond the audio range that normal hearing. Anyway, sorry, I get distracted really easy. Um, so I don't know if this is the right look for me. I kind of look like Princess Leia went, <laughs> yeah, <she do. laughs> <laughs> went to Burning Man um, or uh, or some other rave in the future cyberpunk 2077 princess leia wait until next week when i'm wearing my bikini all right well anyway coca-cola leaping into the fizzy with their coca-cola y3000 zero sugar yeah i don't know it's just another drink i wonder what it tastes like we hope that Coca-Cola will still be as relevant and refreshing in the year 3000 as it is today. So we challenge ourselves to explore the concept of what a Coke from the future might taste like and what it, uh, what kind of experience would a Coke from the future unlock. Oana Vlad, which sounds like a name from the year 3000, Coke's senior yeah, <laughs> director of global strategy said in a press release, they couldn't have picked a better name for a person who's going to be representing the year 3000 Coke. That's a QR code, right, by the way. You know there was somebody with a boring or routine name that <laughs> wanted to do it, but they were like, no, this is not going to work. This is an AI augmented QR code. I don't know if it is augmented reality by the way so if you have a phone out there folks and you want to point it at the screen i'm not sure exactly what this is going to bring up um i'll leave it on the screen for a little bit if you are oh so motivated nearly any size of this qr code 
would be detected by a camera in today's day and age. So on your screen, it might work. Um, so it says to explore the hypothetical future, Coca-Cola developed a mystery flavor and wrapped it in an AI themed marketing package and mobile. It probably points to the app. It um, goes to the website. Oh, does and it? And then it wants you to put in your data. Oh, well. Um, so it, it says that the mobile web-based app that draws upon both human designers and the aforementioned stable diffusion. There's no direct reference to AI being used to develop the flavor beyond this one statement. Quote, fans perspective from around the world combined with insights gathered from artificial intelligence helped inspire Coca-Cola to create the new taste, the unique taste of Y3000. I feel like that might be one of Elon Musk's future kids' names. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> okay, well, it might be the most normal name. <laughs> oh, ouch! Oh, ow! Oh, uh, AI. Mm, all right, probably true. Too soon. Um, I don't know when this is coming out. Does it say in the article? There's more in this article, by the way. Let me let me do this. Let me throw this into the chat. So if you are watching the VOD later, you can grab that. I usually put the show notes in the VOD. Uh, but again, after 60 days, it drops off from Twitch, which is really frustrating. You do all of the work and then it dies. Um, I don't even know if affiliates and partners get more time. Um, but that 60 days is uh, pretty limited. Anyway, the link is in the chat. You can go and check out the article. Um, let's see if at the bottom they say when it's going to be released. It doesn't say when it's going to be released. Maybe it's out now. I don't know. Does it say? It says it'll be available for a limited time in select markets, including the United States, Canada, China, Europe, Africa. <laughs> That's really... Okay, but that doesn't tell us when. Yeah. So... Thirsty futuristic folks in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico will also be able to buy an original taste version of the Coca-Cola Y3000 soon, which I thought that that's what we were talking about. So I don't know. Um, I'll have to leave hometown to go and see if it is on store shelves because we don't have soft drinks in hometown. We survive on electrons. I'm not sure what just spooked my artificial intelligence, but I think we have um, visitors, some weather. Oh, got it. Okay. Well, let's uh, keep on rolling on to the next article. Uh, this next article uh, brings up another AI article, um, but another group of writers is suing OpenAI over copyright claims. A group of writers is suing OpenAI over claims the company illegally used their works to train its AI chat GPT chatbot. Let's see if we can say chat a couple more times. Um, as reported earlier by Reuters in a lawsuit filed on Friday, Michael, uh, I guess their name is Chabin or might be Cabin. I'm not sure if it's a hard CH or soft CH. David Henry Huang, uh, Rachel Louise Snyder, and Ayelet Waldman allege OpenAI benefits and profits from the unauthorized and illegal use of their copyrighted content. I guess if a human buys the book and synthesizes the content, that's not 
that synthesizes it into something so that you can build off of, you know, the creative efforts of a book that you read is fundamentally different than an AI scanning the material and synthesizing it into something. Well, you know what I'm saying? Always synthesizing it. It's sometimes just copying it into a database or something. That's a lot different than reading a book and then being inspired to write a different story or something. I don't, I get the sense that AI is actually just pulling the entire work in, not doing something more with it, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah. So I don't interact and have absolute recall of everything that I've ever interacted with. Right. But computers do if they store the information, if they're programmed to synthesize something into some other uh, word jumble type of Mad Lib production of content, which essentially chat GPT is waiting all of the words and then spitting something out. It is constructed off of its digital worldview, whatever you want to describe it as. I like that type of a phraseology there. Um, so it's synthesizing everything and it spews out whatever garbage it's going to spew out. And I have to qualify it as that because I have to go and do the due diligence to verify that the AI is actually spewing something other than garbage. So with that in mind, I go hunting off, verifying its facts and figures. Usually it's two years too late for my data uses because it's limited to 2021. As time goes on or you pay more, you might have access to more current data. But ChatGPT and OpenAI, for all us plebs who are paying the entry level fee, we're not getting the most current data. So it's largely bogus, irrelevant, made up facts that get an attorney disbarred if they don't go and use the right citations instead of these made up ones that ChatGPT uses. So it's literally taking material and rejiggering it, reconstructing it, and then spewing out the garbage. So is that any different than a human being reading it? They have really great recall, except they know that they can't regurgitate verbatim. So they spin it, word jumble it, and spew out another paragraph that's built off of it. But it's a human with let's assume let's make the philosophical leap here it's a human with absolute recall you know total recall photogen uh, uh photographic memory um they regurgitate some fact that they've rejiggered and then a large language model does the same thing but because i bought the book suddenly that's legal and the ai may or may not have purchased the book. We don't know that fact. Um, and thus it regurgitates that content. I'm only trying to be devil's advocate about this because essentially what's being claimed is anything that utilizes previously generated content, even if it spins it in a unique way, the AI and thus open AI benefits and profits from it because it's perceived as being unauthorized in the illegal use of a copyrighted work. I have a hard time 
having uh, reaching parity with that statement when it's constrained in the idea that if anything consumes a book and somebody doesn't agree with the fact that I'm using it in this way, they can sue me for unauthorized and illegal use, even though it is indecipherable content. You cannot read what I'm regurgitating and align it with their work. It just happens to smack of it maybe here and there, but I want to know like what it is. So let's, I I've only looked at the little snippet. I've seen other lawsuits about this. This article is over at um, the verge by Emma Roth. Um, and, and they're basically saying that they use the, not Emma Roth, but these, um, litigants are filed a lawsuit on Friday saying that it's unauthorized and illegal use. So it's a class action status to call out GPT's ability to summarize and analyze their content written by authors. That's what it's doing. It's synthesizing the information and then possibly providing it. Um, it adds that these outputs are actually derivative works that infringe on their copyrights. So are you saying that I can't summarize and analyze the content? A bot can't but I can, or am I going to get sued because I summarize, analyze, do my doctoral thesis on somebody's work. And because I created a derivative work because it smacks too close to content or I quoted too often, suddenly it's infringing on copyrights. Possibly. Wow. That is. I mean, depending on how much of it is summarized versus how much is analyzed, there's a big difference in those two concepts. Except they're summarizing saying... Summarizing is basically just rephrasing it and writing the same thing. Analyzing it is totally different. OpenAI's open acts of copyright infringement have been intentional, willful, and in callous disregard of plaintiffs' and class members' rights, the lawsuit claims. OpenAI knew at all relevant times that the data sets it used to train its G, uh, GPT model um, contained copyrighted materials and that it acts were its acts were in violation of the terms of use of those materials. So apparently you're, you're not allowed to analyze, summarize and discuss it. Um, it's an well, interesting, nobody could write an article about anything. I mean, I do Correct. think there's a big line between analysis and summary. Correct. So I, I think their name is, Chabin, um, the author of various books like The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, was among over 10,000 authors who signed an open letter uh, that calls for OpenAI, Meta, Google, and other companies to obtain consent from credit and fairly compensate authors for the use in the training of AI models. Um, so yeah, every everything needs to have permission um, and this is going to be a, a rather dystopian world where we're going to end up in um, if everything has to have some type of clearance. Um, well, I don't this... see how AI works at all because of this issue. Like everything that somebody wants to feed into it is subject to copyright infringement practically. But is it really? It's not producing anything that is identical to the work. It depends on what's 
fed into it and what it's spitting out. And it's going to vary depending on what the AI uh, software is. But humans act the exact same way. We're just biological computers that are sentient. So we know that we are consuming a book. Let's assume that all 10,000 of these authors, their books were purchased and scanned in. But people can't use them for commercial use. They can't share, they can't like uh, go broadcast the book on something. I mean, I think there's Neither a huge difference in how AI is using it. I would say it's giving access to thousands or millions of people. AI isn't AI. regurgitating the books. It's regurgitating a summary, which many, many people do book reviews and provide copious notes and observations and bits of the book to argue particular discussion points on websites, in podcasts, streaming, etc. I don't see that there's any difference other than the fact that it can be done massively by an AI versus massively by a mass of people. It just happens to be that it's hit or miss if you find the person that has access to all 10,000 authors. So it's an interesting academic, legal, and philosophical exercise. But AI, again, is nothing more than a tool. If it were truly disregarding copyright, then it would be spewing out entire paragraphs of the books. But who's to say it isn't? That's the thing. I don't think we know that unless we're scouring every bit of content in there, which we're not. I right. mean, we're getting little snippets. So maybe we can I do think that. that is happening, and I think that's part of the problem. Interesting. Maybe it is happening. And a control. But we don't really know. Like, we just see allegations, but we don't really see a lot of facts about it. Yeah. The, like, the they bring up the Sarah Silverman um, article, um, or I should say the lawsuit, um, uh, that accuses AI and meta of copyright infringement. In that instance, it was regurgitating summaries of entire chapters. But that is, again, maybe I just got done reading Sarah Silverman's book. And I have the ability to re regurgitate the material from it because I retained that knowledge and I could enumerate it. How is that different than AI? Maybe the book was actually purchased. We don't know that. Neither does Sarah Silverman. But the summary was profound. So it had the content. But did, did it really regurgitate entire chapters versus summary and analysis? Without a doubt, a person should be in a system should be able to summarize and analyze information. I have absolutely zero concern about that, even if it was my product. Um, and that's because it's summarizing and analyzing. It isn't getting the true nature of my work. And anybody that, again, anybody that believes the crap that gets spewed by chat GPT with, uh, unless somebody is going through it and vetting that information after it spits it out, you have no idea if you can trust the, the first or the last sentence in it. We'll have to keep talking about this. Um, you want to keep on going? Yeah. That's almost an article 
I mean, a, a show all by itself. You got to no, get a panel. Absolutely. Should get a panel a lot of people. AI related topics are. Yeah, I, I'll have to find out if I can find more people that have like a little panel. Um, okay, so the next article is over in Gnometown Daily. MGM cybersecurity issue shuts down slot machines and ATMs in Las Vegas casinos. A cybersecurity issue at MGM forced the famous hotel and casino uh, to shut down many of its systems, according to a statement the company posted just before noon on formerly known as Twitter's website. <clears throat> I refuse to bend the knee. Uh, MGM replaced its homepage with a message apologizing for the site's outage and providing a list of concierge uh, phone numbers at several locations like the Aria, the Cosmopolitan, Mandalay Bay, Bellagio, New York, New York, and Vidara. I've never even seen that. Guess it's time to leave hometown and go to Las Vegas. Um, sentient AI. But not while they're having a cybersecurity issue. No, no. Maybe they need a consultant. I'll see you. Bye-bye. No? Yeah, let's go over to The Verge. That's where this article is housed. Before I do that, you know, we're only on Article 3. This is why I reduced it to 10 articles. Um, so the article is over at The Verge. MGM resorts are... Uh, okay, it, this broke my brain. <laughs> <laughs> MGM Resorts is investigating a cybersecurity issue as its websites are offline and some of the screens on its casino gaming machines flash error messages. Kind of like my brain when I was reading this sentence. Wes Davis is the author, again, over at TheVerge.com. Put this article together. Um, I'm not sure what the status of this is. The issue isn't limited to MGM's Las Vegas locations. NBC 10 News in Philadelphia reports that, that uh, MGM's Borgata Hotel in Atlantic City was likewise affected by the attack, though hotel representatives didn't say how. MGM Grand Detroit Casino is also affected, reports Play Michigan, with a formerly known as Twitter user uh, posting that the casino has all games running, but that digital keys and MGM's reward program are down. Um, so it looks like a hot mess. I don't see an update. Um, a post on the website formerly known as Twitter this morning showed disabled slot machines at the Aria Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. The formerly known as Twitter account, <laughs> Las Vegas locally, uh, claimed in a post citing an insider that MGM Resorts is the victim of a ransomware attack. Well, that's going to be an absolute nightmare to unwind. <sighs> I and that's hope. a large chain. And then think about all the transactions that go through each location. Constantly. Um, so I hope whoever does their cybersecurity uh, knows what incremental backups are and virtualization um again virtualization will save your butt um unless the entire pool is contaminated anyway hot mess las vegas not surprised let's move on unless you want to you want to go should i put you can i should i just take you in your raspberry pi and attach a little monitor and camera so that you can go with me to Las Vegas. Sure. Oh, right on. Yeah. 
So um, this next article is over in Omtown Daily. Rare photo shows a macaque riding a deer for fun in a Japanese forest. That this this gets the award for the strangest article title. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Wildlife photographer Atsuyuki Oshima. Yeah, captured a rare interaction between a macaque, which is a kind of what monkey do will i get in trouble for saying that a macaque is a monkey uh, a monkey adjacent i mean a macaque is a macaque right? isn't a macaque a monkey look i don't want to get in trouble with the macaque contingent on the internet so we already know that they're starting to like take stuff from humans and hold it hostage until it says you give it's them a food. monkey okay I mean, monkey it's a primate there you go primate so between a macaque and a deer the photographer says the macaque took a ride on the deer just for fun the photo is recognized in the natural history museum's wildlife photographer of the year competition oh my gosh really okay oh my god maya Focht is the author what? of this over at businessinsider.com <laughs> It took me a second because there's not very much contrast in the photo. Yeah. And um, I was trying to figure out what I was looking at, and then I went. I swear strange. this looks this looks like an AI. This is a mid-journey exercise in messing with your head. It really does. To me, it looks like the macaque is like super glued on. You know, it like superimposed. It looks like it's just been stuck there. Right. <laughs> um, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it breaks my brain. Um, it says here, the macaque here is a young female and appears to be merely enjoying a free ride on a deer. That is so unusual. And just think of how unlikely it was that somebody photographed that. I don't know what to think of this. This is just beyond bizarre. Um, okay, so... Yeah, I said who the article is from and, and where it is. So, um, macaques have been observed riding Sika deer. What? Oh, <laughs> come on. Uh, sorry, the AI is telling me to scroll up because there's a paragraph that's describing uh, some of their behavior. But anyway, macaques have been observed riding Sika deer before, scientists said, um, as o Oshima suggested. Sometimes the monkeys just take the rides for fun. So I've seen pictures similar to this um, in the past where they're just hitting, they're hanging out in the, um, uh, what do you call springs? it? Hot, hot springs. Thank you. For some reason, my brain kept saying hot pools. They're called hot springs. Um, and uh, the native Japanese species have long coexisted and even share a symbiotic relationship in a website called inverse i guess reported yeah we might have to take a look at that uh, the deer clean up after the monkeys eating fruits that the primates leave behind in return the monkeys groom the deers hopping on their backs to pull off bugs and there you go so i guess it's legit and it happens regularly very strange it's kind of surreal planet of the apes was a documentary of the future 
So be prepared, everybody. Pretty soon they're going to have saddles on these deer and they're going to be riding into battle and you're going to be sitting there getting a latte and some macaque on a deer is going to throw a spear at you. I mean, watch out. <laughs> yeah, time to get your plate mail ready. Roman Lorica for the win. Rah, okay, let's keep on going. The next article is over in Hometown Daily. While you wait, keep waking up at 4 a.m., according to science, experts say there could be many variables at play that are impacting a person's ability to fall and stay asleep. Um, I titled this, I Need to Sleep First. <laughs> the article is actually over at Newsweek. Megan Ruse is the author of this. Has no deck statement. I don't know about the video. And the video is not really on target for it, but about 17.8% and I always crack the joke that 62.58% of all stats are made up on the spot. <laughs> this actually really sounds like it. About 17.8% of adults in the U.S. face difficulties staying asleep. Great, I'm an overachiever. Um, according to National Health Interview Survey data from 2020, but in 2022, a Gallup survey found a larger number, 28%, reported struggling with the same issue. <laughs> Maybe it's because the last three years have been a real cluster. Um, young adults and women tend to experience it more often than older adults and men, according to the survey results. So I guess I'm a young woman. Um, <laughs> so uh, a lack of su sufficient sleep can have negative mental uh, health impacts as well as physical make no bones about it they may actually talk about it in the article um, but you really do need about eight hours of sleep um, on average um, anytime that you only there's even links to um, dementia because you don't get enough sleep so um, a, a lot of this argu uh, article is talking about sleep and sleep aspects i would let me throw, wait, which, um, so let me grab, I really kind of messed this up. Let me throw that into the chat and this into the chat. Now we're up to date. Um, so why are you not sleeping? The article basically summarizes that there's a bunch of common reasons. They say four here, but it goes on. Um, but essentially stress, depression, eating too late can make you, uh, toss and turn and wake up and you have to go to the bathroom and all kinds of other stuff. Um, but it's the, I would say one of the primary things that I keep hearing about in research studies is stress, um, and eating, <laughs> eating late. Um, you're digesting stuff as you're digesting, you're generating energy. That energy has to go somewhere. If you don't actually move around, then your body converts that into fat when you don't use it. Um, and so you're sitting there twitching because your body is still generating energy as you're digesting food. Um, not to mention all kinds of other stuff is going on. So what you need to do is just stop eating two hours before you go to bed. Don't have any caffeine. Um, try to relax. That's kind of like the doctor telling you that you got to get fit. Um, sometimes that doesn't work out, but there is a book if you're interested in it out there. That's the, what is it called? 
the slow runners. Oh, the slow AF runners club. Yeah, there you go. Slow AF runners club. I think it's over on Amazon, which apparently still sells books. I, is that the rumor? Yeah, no? it does. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. And I thought you were talking about the sleep book. There's a sleep book where it's supposed to be super boring and help you sleep. Oh, that's pretty much anything I've written. I don't I've remember written. the title of it. Yeah, that's this podcast. So you just listen to this podcast and I'll slowly put you to sleep. How's that sound? Would you like me to read a book to you? I'll yes. read anything that's uh, not a copyright violation. Um, so there are steps people can take to increase their chances of getting a solid night's sleep setting a sleep schedule complete with a specific bedtime and wake up time that doesn't work for me i'm stressing about hitting that bedtime and waking up on time so i'm staying up beyond the specific bedtime stressing about it and then i wake up two hours earlier because i need to make sure that i wake up on time what the heck was that i don't Weather. know oh, okay Sorry. Um, so all of this can help train a body to anticipate when it's time to rest. To that, I say, really? You know that there are soldiers out there that basically sleep on inside the fender well between the, the, the protective armor of their tank and the tread for crying out loud. And they get a, you know, a few hours of sleep. I want to be able to sleep like that. I want to be able to sleep like a teenager. I want to be able to sleep like a cat. Just walk over to a warm beam of light and just fall fast asleep. But that's not what happens. It might be all of the caffeine, alcohol, nicotine, and food that I've been chomping down 45 minutes before I go to sleep. That's when I start. No nicotine. No alcohol. <laughs> that's... I don't think you're doing any of those things. Okay, I might be doing things wrong. Anyway, let's keep on going. Uh, the next article, it's over in Warcrafters. Canadian police find drugs, firearms, and the dread blade of the Lich King in a raid, uh, which they underwhelmingly describe as a sword. So the raid by the Norway House RCMP, or Royal Canadian Mounted Police, turned up nine firearms that were illegally owned and obtained, over 130 grams of a substance believed to be crack cocaine, machetes, a sword, bear mace, and ammunition. And ammunition that was in the form of bear mace fired from a sword that is as sharp as a machete and I don't, I've got nothing else. Anyway, according to a news release posted on its website, the RCMP website, um, yesterday. So the raid was part of an ongoing investigation into uh, an illegal firearms and controlled substances uh, operation leading to the arrest of Larson Cromarty, a 26-year-old and a 17-year-old male youth. <laughs> That's an odd name for somebody. 17-year-old male youth? Huh. They might be a fan of a, another person that gives their kids odd names. Um, the RCM <laughs> posted a photo alongside the release, but anyone familiar with any everyone's favorite bad boy, Arthas Menethil, uh, knows a sword. Um, so they actually talk about it. The stash of the Lich King. It's a, 
World of Warcrafting. Um, so there it is. The Lich King sword. I'm not sure how that fits in with the rest of the items. But... Well, because you have all of these, but these have ammo. And at some point you run out of ammo. Anybody who's played Starfield ends up eventually going hand to hand. Mono e mono. Um, but nobody messes with the Lich King. By the way, Death Knights were my jam in World of Warcraft. Absolutely loved Death Knight. Um, which are basically like mini liches. Um, the replica, the author says, I hope. Oh, by the way, the article is over at PCGamer.com by uh, Harvey Randall. Um, the, the author says, the replica, I hope, is a Frostmorn, the Morn Blade of the Lich King of Warcraft fame. Aside from the uh, apparently being a popular means of home defense in Canada, Frostmorn has the power to shatter or entrap the souls of its victims and can raise the dead. It's one of the gaming's most iconic weapons, taking its place in the Hall of Fame alongside Kratos's Blades of Chaos and Link's Master Sword. Dun, dun, dun. Wrath of the Lich King, for me, was probably the best expansion that I had ever played in World of Warcraft. Something, you know, after that, the story goes wandering off and I just stopped paying attention. But I still buy all of the expansions every time they drop because I'm a big dummy. Uh, anyway, pretty neat. Not much more to this article in terms of, you know, being snarky. But the only way that they could make this better is if it had a weapon that fired bear mace. That's pretty much the only, like... You mean if they combined all the items? Like, all of it together, yeah. It, it fired the, the Lich Sword um, that had a bear mace in it and maybe sprinkle a little crack on it. I don't know. Let's keep on going before I say more things that the AI gets mad at me about. So, uh, the next article is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. That's a channel that's all about business transformation, startup world, things like that. Um... But this is a Tennessee newspaper is hiring a full-time Taylor Swift reporter just in time for them to probably stop touring nonstop. But anyway, yeah, uh, the rest true. Why didn't they do that at the beginning of the tour? I guess nobody knew that it was a billion dollar operation. So here's what the job entails. Applicants must be prepared and willing to travel internationally. The listing says, I think that's the lowest hanging fruit of this. You have to be a Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> exactly. I think they're kind of skipping past that. This is going to be an operation that's kind of like doing your doctoral. You are going to wake up screaming. Oh my God, Taylor Swift again. Just like when you do your doctoral thesis, you're living it to the point where you, you eat, sleep, shower with everything. That topic. This is going to be, well, it implies that you're going to be showering with Taylor Swift, and that's not going to be happening. At least not that I know of. I guess it depends on how good of a reporter you are. Anyway, a Tennessee newspaper is hiring a full-time Taylor Swift reporter. Here's what the job entails. Nicholas Vega over at CNBC.com's Make It um, put the article together. They got a picture of Taylor Swift performing on stage opening night at the Taylor Swift Eras Tool. Tool? Tour? Um, 
I want one of these boards, these giant LED boards. High resolution right back there. That would be perfect. I would love that. Yeah, it's not going to happen. That's like a million dollars, this board behind them. Anyway. Well, it's probably like arena size, too. <laughs> yeah, what do you think Mayor Watt's office is, for crying out loud? Come on. Anyway, uh, we're looking for an energetic writer, photographer, and social media pro who can quench an undeniable thirst for all things Taylor Swift with a steady stream of content across multiple platforms. The newly posted job listing reads, the job won't be focused exclusively on Swift's music either. The reporter will be responsible for reporting on Swift's impact on the world of business as well. And probably taking pictures from a long distance of what they're eating for breakfast and posting it too on the site formerly known as Twitter. That's not what it says in the article or the job listing, I'm sure, but that's what I can imagine. Okay, so it says, quote, seeing both the facts and the fury, the Taylor Swift reporter will identify why the pop star's influence only expands what her fan base stands for in pop culture and the effect she has across the music and business worlds, according to the listing. Requirements for the job include, uh, include a degree in communications, journalism, or marketing, as well as five years in a digital first newsroom. So do you think that you can do it out there, folks? Can you get out there and... <laughs> you know what I can't quite figure out? Okay, so they hire this person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They write, you know, 10, 20, whatever, articles. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of run out of content. <laughs> That's the gig economy. So the job posting comes as the Eras tour recently became the highest grossing tour of all time, surpassing a record setting $1 billion in sales. I could have written this article. So hardcore Swifties need to assess their allegiances before applying, according to this article. The posting specifically wants a journalist with a voice, but not a bias. That's right, you're gonna focus on Taylor Swift but you're not going to be a hero. So you're going to totally just waylay, right? Taylor Swift, peel back the layers of the onion and find out the true motivation. I bet you that there's a little green person inside Taylor Swift piloting her on the stage. And Most definitely. You know, it's always aliens, folks. Always aliens. So apply for the role. You'll need to submit a resume, links to your work, as well as a video cover letter. And there's a link in the article that you can follow. I want, when does it end? When does, uh, I'm not going to go looking, but when does the era's tour end? When does she stop touring? I thought it was pretty soon, but hold on. Um, so they, Taylor Swift was so popular that she was able to strike a deal with AMC theaters to get a concert into the cinemas. Uh, by the way, that doesn't really, I mean, it means a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, AMC would probably make a deal with me to stream this show into AMC theaters for, because yeah. they, they need money. Apparently the tour goes through November in 2024. Good God. Uh, so well, I'm She's been doing like six this. dates in a city, which is just unheard of for other tours. 
Wait, six cities in a state. You flipped that. No, six dates in a city. So oh, for six example, dates like in a, a city. whole week in one city. It sounded like you said six states in a city. So six dates in a single Which city. Which is a yeah. lot because usually a large tour might do two dates in a city. Money, money, money. And I bet you that she's going to do this tour and just turn off. Just, I am done. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be two years worth of touring. That is a lot of time on the road. Well, and I mean, Guess she's if you love been it. very successful, so she could easily call it after but this tour and be set for for I mean generations. generations. Yeah. Whoa, we need to stop sharing the same brain cell. Considering you're a sentient AI from the future, let's keep going. Next article is over in Four Wheel Tech. This student built an EV just to set a new world record for 0 to 62 miles per hour. And they say 62 because that's 0 to 100 kilometers. Um, so there's a new world record for the fastest 0 to 62 miles per hour or 0 to 100 kilometers per hour, courtesy of a team of students at the Academic Motorsports Club Zurich. And the Swiss universities, uh, I, I don't know if this is supposed to be pronounced ETH or F Zurich um, and Lucerne University of Applied Sciences and Arts. Okay, I, I have to say this, this article kind of meanders around getting to the point. Um, and so I'm going to summarize real quick. This is an ArsTechnica.com article. Jonathan M. Gitlin is the author. This car looks absolutely awesome. I want it. Um, just to drive around hometown and go out of hometown to get a drink and come back. I want to hold a big gulp and go from zero to 60 in 0.9 seconds. Um, pretty amazing. So the student built an electric racer that needed just 12.3 meters. So roughly 36 feet to hit 62 miles per hour. Uh, Jonathan M. Gitlin you should be ashamed of yourselves for this deck statement because it shifted from meters to imperial in the same sentence. You know, I didn't even realize that that doesn't make sense. No. So the, the student um, and the team, they, they basically say this student built, um, but it's actually a, a, a team. Um, they talk about various other cars, Mini Cooper SE, Chevy Bolt, Tesla, um, then they go into supercars like uh, Porsche Taycan um, and uh, even further Pinin Ferreira, Batista. Um, and there's a couple of others that they mention in this. But regardless, um, driven by student Kate Maggetti, it says Mython, which I guess is the name of the car, reached 62 miles per hour from a standing start in a mere 0.956 seconds. The record-breaking run took place at the airbase in Dubendorf, Switzerland, but could almost have been held on a basketball court. It needed just 40.3 feet to reach that speed. 62 miles per hour in 40 feet in 0.956 seconds. That's the kind that's of... that's built by students. That's built by students. 
So there is um, a, a YouTube link so that you can actually see it in action. Um, I'll throw um, the article's link through hometown into the chat. There you go. You can go and check it out um, at your heart's content. But I dig this little vehicle. Um, I, I, I've been inspired to go and take apart uh, the lawnmower and I'm going to build a similar one that hits zero to 62 miles per hour in never. Let's keep going. Unless you want to say anything. No, I don't have anything to add. I know that the AI is still interested in the Terminator body, but this will get you out of hometown faster. But I don't want to leave hometown. Oh, that's nice. Thanks. The programming works. So the next article is over in hometown daily supply chain by Amazon. Sounds like Amazon prime for manufacturers. This is a really neat idea. Um, expanding the influence, the, the sphere of influence of Amazon. Amazon is bringing its advanced logistics capabilities to businesses that don't even sell on the marketplace. In an announcement on Tuesday, the e-commerce giant says its new supply chain by Amazon service lets sellers ship products directly from factories, whether it's going to Amazon or not. As part of the program, Amazon will pick up, ship, and deliver products to customers from manufacturing facilities across the globe. It'll also manage uh, customs clearance, ground transportation, bulk storage, and inventory replenishment. Telling you, if this works out, they will have from top to bottom control of the supply chain, um, which is fine until the next strike. And then the whole well, damn planet exactly. shuts down. It's fine when it's working. But you can't become a billionaire or be a billionaire billionaire by giving everybody a fair shake it's and then what happens is it gets pushed 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 and then they strike so i am predicting that what's going to end up happening is somebody is going to go um we're tired of not making enough money your kids are billionaires so I think it's time for you to redistribute some of that wealth. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I can't say that it is absolute. Um, but if history is any evidence to support my claim, you know, the, the unions are a double-edged sword, right? So the, the union exists, you have to abide by certain rules, then the employer starts abusing the employees again. And the union says, okay, now you're kind of pushing it. The only thing that they have to do is work stoppage, right? Because just letting the business know that they're starting to push the limits isn't going to be enough. So the only thing that they can do is shut down. And when everything is in the supply chain service of Amazon, that that union, they if only Amazon had treated everybody with respect, the union wouldn't need to form. But abusive policies, UPS and others, you know, all of this facilitation 
Um, if everybody would have just treated everybody with respect, then there wouldn't be any unions, but that's not what happens. Well, I think there was another article about Amazon making people sign NDAs to not join unions, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yep, and that was submitted, um, but I wanted to do, that was one of those ones where I want to do a little bit more due diligence about it. Um, so maybe when it springs back up again, but do uh, signing an NDA, it's just not enforceable, you know? Uh, particularly the ability for somebody to talk about their workplace it's never been the nlrb has always stymied that and i agree i should be able to talk about anything uh, within a business as long as it isn't uh, privileged information um, but an nda it has no it has no real impact um, so as part of the program amazon will pick up ship and deliver products to customers from manufacturing facilities across the globe it'll also manage the clearance ground transportation bulk storage inventory replenishment this means that sellers wouldn't have to worry about the supply chain side of their business letting them focus solely on marketing their products and uh, taking care of sales no a business owner always has to worry about supply side even more so when it's all concentrated into one company that can fail because of their business practices overextending. Um, not uh, one of the problems with Amazon is that <laughs> its multiplier is way high. There is a whole lot of expectation of future growth of Amazon. And at some point it's going to saturate a market right now. It's allowing pretty much anybody to sell online. I'm waiting for complaints about issues where it's not certified electronics and it starts burning down a house or somebody gets hurt. There's all kinds of stuff like that in the market. Um, supply side isn't just because Amazon has the ability to deliver. There's a whole bunch of transport issues like massive ships being stuck in the Suez. Um, oh, absolutely. Or We've Panama. Seen a lot of things like that where they shut everything down. Yep. Um, or some other discontent or malcontent out there that's, you know, causing or harm, strikes trouble. strikes at the shipyards or wherever. Yep. And that actually kind of fizzled out, the West Coast one. I'm really curious what actually happened there because there was a lot of discussion about impending doom and then things got kind of shuffled around. And then it around, just went away. Yeah. And then it just went away. So we were watching. Um, anyway, in addition to the new supply chain by Amazon service, the company also introducing uh, multi-channel distribution. Um, I'm going to get in trouble for saying it's the McD, um, which will allow sellers to move products in bulk from Amazon warehouses to other non-Amazon facilities. Amazon says that it simplifies supply chain management by letting sellers replenish across all their sales and fulfillment channels from a single inventory pool. So if you got empty warehouses, fill it up with somebody else's product as long as they're paying you. doesn't matter. It's kind of like allowing anybody to board your plane as long as you've got empty seats and they're paying. Then let them on, even if they're from another airline. Um, if you've got empty seats, might as well let them. Um, so the seller's new program comes as Amazon faces a massive antitrust lawsuit from the FTC. The company reportedly held a last rights meeting at the, uh, with the FTC last month, which typically comes before a lawsuit. 
Meanwhile, reports suggest that the FTC could file a lawsuit against Amazon later this month, potentially addressing the FBA and other parts of its business. This FBA is the, the part where everybody else is sending um, product into Amazon and they forward it. Um, this is kind of like anybody can set up a business and sell through Amazon. Um, okay, so let's go on unless you have some observation i think we're just gonna have to see how this goes yeah. i mean this kind of sounds like a positive but we've talked about a lot of supply chain issues and i don't see this necessarily eliminating them it might compound some of them well i think that really what it's doing is it's leaning on the supply chain management capabilities of amazon as it is they have all of the infrastructure all they're really doing is opening the floor to everybody else so yeah we'll see um it's kind of like mcdonald's providing the logistic transport services for every other fast food company which would probably right. solve a lot of problems for other fast food companies but then all of your eggs are in one basket amazon so let's see what ha what happens this will be fun to watch could be absolutely hot mess next article is over in the order of the grape which is a channel that's all about wine um uh, wine as in the drink wine not wine as in the complainer um, anyway, how Disneyland's trash-inspired Doritos and created a multi-billion-dollar business enterprise is what it says. But so practically synonymous with the Super Bowl and ubiquitous with uh, delis and grocery stores the world over, Doritos are beloved uh, for their 100-plus flavors, which I didn't know they had 100 flavors. Um, all of which fewer than 10. Yeah, um, all of which leave that signature. Dot, no, they're talking about the composite of the nacho cheese um oh oh <laughs> um all of which leave the signature dust all over your fingers but what many people don't know is that early versions of the tortilla chips were actually unflavored i thought tostitos were unflavored doritos but apparently not i don't uh, think they have any connection uh, yeah see it's kind of like when i was really young I thought that cats were female and dogs were male. No, there's no connection like that. I wish I would have known that before I turned 45, but you know, you learn something new every day. Um, anyway, let's go over to the source. Uh, Vinepair.com is the source. Olivia White is the author. Sarah Pinsono, I guess, um, is the author. Uh, uh, sorry, is the illustrator. And they have like a stylized um, Disney castle, right? And it looks like those are Doritos. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I guess they are. Yeah. So the, the spires on the Disney castle are, are Doritos. Okay. So um, I cheated. I actually looked at this because I was really curious. I couldn't get the context of this from the snippet. Um, apparently what happened was... Um, a restaurant was spun up in Frontierland called Casa de Fritos that served up Tex-Mex inspired dishes with Fritos Incorporated. Um, and what everybody was given um, was tortillas. Yeah, um, they were actually given a bag of salty corn chips is what the article says. 
But what ended up happening was the rep that was providing them product noticed that they were throwing out tortillas and said, you should cut them up and deep fry them. And it became an instant hit. So everybody was being given these fried tortillas. Um, and that turned into the Frito lay, uh, Frito company and HW lay and company merged to become Frito lay. Um, uh, company marketing executive Archibald Clark West visited Disneyland while on vacation with his family. While there, he stopped at Casa de Fritos, tried the chips for the first time. He returned home and pitched the triangular shaped fried corn chip that would function as a perfect combination for Frito's signature corn snack and Lay's signature light as air potato chip. Doritos launched in 1966 with an unseasoned tortilla chip uh, named toasted corn and was first uh, nationally available tortilla chip in the United States. Doritos most popular flavor, nacho cheese was unveiled in 1972 and remains the top selling flavor. Dun, dun, dun. So I did not know any of that history. All of this was because the Fritos founder, Charles Elmer Doolin received permission from Walt Disney himself to open that restaurant in Frontierland. Um, and uh there's another element in here so the person that was supplying them it was sourced from alex food it's now a shuttered um, supplier but apparently a salesman from that company noticed that all these stale tortillas were being thrown out and that's that is the whole flow of it so it's quite interesting um and this is something that i tell people on the regular you can have an idea. You might think that it's innocuous, that it's harmless, that nobody is interested in it. But if you let people try it, you might be surprised about the results. Um, and if you do it at a younger age, and or it's really possible to do it at any age, but if you do it at a younger age, you have less stress, less worry, less financial weight. You can take risks and recover from it. Um, coming up with a new food product, coming up with a new gadget, coming up with some new software, all kinds of stuff exists out there. So follow your passion. Um, this is really interesting because it was just somebody throwing stuff out and somebody said, you can turn that trash into treasure and it turned into a billion dollar enterprise. I hope that salesperson got some stake in something but i'm guessing they didn't because they were for a different company altogether well considering they refer to the person as a salesman from the supplier i really doubt that they were an initial investor in google because that's actually the professors for or at least one professor for the founders of google invested in google yeah not every professor is allowed to do that kind of thing, but apparently that was. Anyway, ta-da, that's it. That's all 10 articles for today. So let's scroll back to the very front, MainStreetOhmTown.com, mash that hometown sign, and we got a whole bunch of um, articles. 
that's fascinating. Bobert got escorted out of the Denver theater during a Beetlejuice performance. Somebody said Bobert three times and she felt like she had to go do something. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Apple's smart home app can now tell you when you're using clean energy. I would like it to just do what we tell it. <laughs> that would be, yeah, that would be a win. Qantas illegally fired 1,700 workers at start of pandemic. Somebody, somebody said, hey, a pandemic's coming. I'm firing 1,700 people because our business is about to collapse. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess they were forward looking, but. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to watch the VMAs. Probably won't be able to see any of it. Little snippets on YouTube, probably. That's where I'll end up. Um, let's see. What else? Blue Sky officially Apple hits asked, 1 million users. Go ahead. Oh, Apple asked to halt iPhone 12 sales in France due to high radio frequency concerns. Interesting. Yep. That's one niche complaint there. Um, so we'll see. Um, for those of you who don't know, Apple just held their keynote today. I missed it entirely, which is a rare thing for Marowat to miss. Um, but new iPads, new iPhone. Um, what else? Let me see real quick. I think there's a bunch of Are stuff. Are there new watches? Uh, new Apple Watch, n new Apple Watch Ultra. Um, yeah, things just getting more powerful, essentially. So... Now's the time to start upgrading. If you haven't done it for a while, upgrade M. Uh, I keep saying M.2, but it's M2s. That's the new processor that's going to be in the iPad Pros and other devices. So, anyway, that's it, folks. Um, as usual, I am Merwad. That is hometown.com. Let me move the mouse so that it's not sitting directly on the name of the site. Um, that's hometown.com up there is the AI that's going to say ciao. Ciao, Bella. <laughs> Good night, hometown citizens. We will see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. Ciao. Whoa.